It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled, loyal, and effective workforce? Consider a partnership with Western Governors University. Over 300 organizations already count on WGU for valuable education benefits. Students can fit schooling around their schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. And it's all online. Partner with WGU to make a smart investment in your company's and your employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu slash partnerships. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Wednesday. Woo! Gino Atkins and Carlos Dunlap are still here. I'm still excited about yesterday on Twitter. At James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. On today's show, you're going to hear part of, uh, and in fact, not even part of. I I think it's such a big deal that if you missed on ESPN 1530, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, their press conference, I'm going to air it here. I'm going to, you're going to hear the audio, and obviously it's not live because it's a podcast. Um, To me, it was about 30 minutes. Geno Atkins never speaks. You'll probably never hear him on the podcast again. He never talks to the media ever, ever, ever. Um, Carlos Dunlap does. You've heard him on the podcast before. Uh, But you're going to hear their press conference at Paul Brown Stadium. I had station obligations, couldn't go to the press conference itself, but we were airing it, and we aired it on ESPN 1530. And I'm going to put that on the back end of today's podcast so you can listen to that. I think there were some really good nuggets in there. Not only was Geno Atkins someone who I had never heard talk to the media, never, seriously, since I've been covering the team, never have I heard him talk to the media. Not only did he talk to him, um, but I thought he was quite entertaining. And so I will leave that on the back end of today's podcast uh, for you to listen to. I also thought something Carlos Dunlap said about the facilities, about the upgrades, about what the Bengals have done as an organization was uh, quite interesting. Also, Joel Corey, a former sports agent, now writes for CBS Sports. You're going to hear my interview with him uh, on today's podcast as well. I I think it's great. I think it is great. And yesterday I talked about this a bit. The championship window is cracked now. (laughs) That's what it is. The championship window for the Bengals is cracked, and it might grow, and it might get bigger, and it might be boom through the roof wide open in 2019. Let me paint a picture for you, Bengals fans, Locked on Bengals listeners. By the way, I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in today. Can you imagine the Bengals winning the AFC North this season? That doesn't mean win 12 games and beat out Pittsburgh. Is there a way they are better than people think? Let's say they get to 10 wins. And the Steelers aren't as good as people think especially that defense, especially with Le'Veon Bell on his way out after this season. And let's say the Steelers get the nine wins. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger gets dinged up. He is older. Maybe that that isn't the case, and it's just a matter of the defense. Maybe it's a matter of Le'Veon Bell who's had his fair share of injury history. But isn't there a path, even without injury, where the Steelers go 9-7, and 10-6, and six, and the Bengals do the same? And that, now, maybe the Bengals don't win the AFC North, but they're in contention for it. Maybe they just get a wild card. But let's say the Bengals go 10 and 6 or 9 and 7. I predicted before training camp they would go 9 and 7. I will stick by that. Nothing I've seen in the preseason has led me one way or the other. I think it's it's been a mixed bag, which leads me right to that 9 and 7 mark that I've been at. Now, will that change? Will I come out with an official prediction? Of course I will. But as of this moment, I would still lean around 9 and 7 for this team. Let's say that happens. Then this offseason, let's say the Bengals go out and get a right tackle in free agency. Or how about this? The Bengals draft a right tackle with the 22nd overall pick. Or maybe they trade up, which certainly not something they've done in the past, not something they've been open to. They've also not been open to trading back for a left tackle who had $30 million left on his deal. But they did that this offseason. The point is, is that their one weakness is the right side of that offensive line. Next offseason, 
I expect them to fix that weakness. Next offseason, I expect to see a Cordy Glenn, Clint Bowling, Billy Price, probably a new right guard in a new right tackle. One could be a free agent. The other, who knows? Maybe it'll be a, a draft pick. Maybe it'll be a free agent. I expect that line to be even more different. Frank Pollock will be in his second year. Bill Lazor's second year of his offense as well. I think they'll know a, a ton. Joe Mixon will be playing for a contract then. It's a second-round pick, has four years on his deal. He's in year two, will be in year three, going into year three next year. He will be looking to do what he can to get an extension following the 2019 season. John Ross, same thing. Obviously, the Bengals have, have control over him with a fifth-year option potential. He's going to want to prove that he deserves that fifth-year option. So he'll have a lot to prove as well. This team's window is starting to open again. We saw it a couple of years ago. It was wide open. But do you remember the growing pains that the Bengals had to endure to get there? 2011, look, yeah, they were 9-7, and seven, but it was ugly. <laughs> you didn't really give them a shot in the playoff game, did you? 2012, you thought that there was a real shot, and then they, they were still a little, probably a little ahead of schedule. 2013, what happened? Boom, they hit the ground running. 2013, I thought they were going to be really, really good. I certainly thought they were going to beat San Diego in the playoffs. 2014, derailed by injuries. 2015, they stayed healthy. They started 8-0. And barring an Andy Dalton thumb injury, they would have gotten a bye in the AFC playoffs. That's the reality. But it was a process to get there. I think this year is that process year. This year is that 2012 season. This year, hopefully, is like 2012-2013, and they can hopefully avoid the injury bug that just destroyed them, ravaged them, beat the hell out of them in 2014. That's how I look at this team. And you don't get to that point, you don't get to that place without extending Geno Atkins. You don't get to that place without extending Carlos Dunlap. Those are two guys you needed. Those are two guys you needed. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Now, things have to go well this year. They do. But there's certainly a scenario, and I said it yesterday, where next year the Bengals are the favorites in the AFC North. And Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap being here long-term, certainly a part of that. Darquez Denard, what's his future with this team? I know a lot of you had that question. I caught up with Joel Corey, CBS Sports, earlier today to talk about Denard. I asked him about Denard. I asked him about Dunlap and more. But I started off by asking him, about Geno Atkins, who signed a four-year, $65.3 million contract extension. That is a $16.3 million average per season, which is the most for a 30-plus-year-old non-quarterback in NFL history. And I started off by asking Joel a simple question. What does this mean for Geno? Is this a good deal for him? And was it a good deal for the Bengals? Um, that's the guy I thought would have been the uh, priority. I thought he would have been done much sooner. Um, it's a great deal for the Bengals, given he, to me, he's the second best interior pass rusher in the league behind Aaron Donald. I know he's a little bit older guy, but at the same time, Bengals are smart to get this thing done before Aaron Donald reset the market. Because sometimes when you have a deal actually done as opposed to projecting one, teams will be more likely to acknowledge that deal, and the agent can definitively go, hey, <laughs> I need, we may have to reset the negotiation. You can so I think that was a smart, smart move by the Bengals to do that. Gotcha. You can follow Joel on Twitter, at Corey Joel, and catch his work at CBS uh, Sports. I, I, I thought so, too. I thought it was smart to get a deal done before Aaron Donald. As uh, From that perspective, I, I look at the Bengals and – they got it done before Donald, and I'm looking at Khalil Mack as well. Was that, and I know they play different positions, but do you think that was important for the Bengals to get it done before some of these other pass rushers signed extensions? Um, I may have uh, rolled the dice on Dunlap uh, just from the standpoint you got Carl Lawson, who is proving he can get to the quarterback. I know they don't want to; they want to give him loaded snaps so he doesn't wear down. But what if he proves that he can play more full time? I have no idea what the Bengals are doing with Jordan Willis. Guy led team in uh, sacks last preseason. Has gotten to the quarterback this year. To me, at the very least, 
he should be uh, splitting reps with Michael Johnson, if not the playing time reversed. And you have Sam Hubbard. Um, Dunlap's only had one double-digit sack season. If he had a great year, then you would have been looking at a franchise tag at about $17.5 million. But given they want to do the deal now, it's appropriate considering Everson Griffin signed for $14.5 million last year. Former sports agent, now CBS Sports National writer, Joel Corey is with us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Corey Joel. And, and then I see this, and from a Bengals perspective, I've grown up in Cincinnati. I've watched uh, the criticisms that that ownership has gotten, that that front office has gotten. Uh, put yourself in, in your agent role again. From an agent's perspective, does it change the perception of the Bengals at all that they went out and invested $110 million into to Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap? Well, I think that whole reputation of being cheap has carried over way too far from the past. I know they like Pittsburgh and Green Bay in terms of the lack of guarantees. So if you're going to do a deal in Cincinnati, it's going to have that type of structure with the roster bonuses in year two and three where things aren't technically guaranteed but may be considered practically guaranteed. And you're not going to get a free agent to come in at a substantial level the way you negotiate a contract. Um, what this does do is it bodes well for A.J. Green next year, who will be in a contract. If you're going to do these two guys, then you have to think that you're going to extend A.J. Green as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff this year, which means that he's probably on a, I don't know, three-, four-year basis, might be rivaling Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of an average. Uh, Joel Corey, excuse me, is with us here on ESPN 1530. One more for you, because it sounded like you were on board with the Atkins deal, not so much the Carlos Dunlap extension, does that, is that a fair statement? Yeah, because you've got three young pass rushers, one Lawson who can get to the quarterback. Jordan Willis is a hidden gem. I don't know why you don't play him. And Hubbard, so far so good. Mm-hmm. That maybe you see what they do, and then you could have delayed the decision on Dunlap. Would have been a calculated risk because if he blows up, he could price himself out has a 15-sack year or something, has a ton of pressures, <laughs> maybe he prices himself out. But at the same time, if uh, it's about where it should be if you're going to do the extension because that's about the range. You had Daniel Hunter, a young guy, who I don't know why he did it, signed a deal for $14.4 million per year. And if he's that and you knew you were going to have to franchise him next year, and Griffin, his counterpart for the Vikings, is, is at fourteen five, and that deal was last year. If you're going to do the deal for Dunlap, then $15 million per year seems appropriate. One last question for Joel Corey of CBS Sports here on ESPN 1530. Joel, as far as other extensions go, uh, the Bengals, they have a, a few guys coming up. One would be fifth-year corner Darquez Denard. He's in the last year of his deal. Obviously, the Bengals exercised a fifth-year option on him. What do you think a, a type of deal would be for, for a Darquez Denard, a guy who primarily plays in the nickel but certainly was uh, exciting and, and played well a year ago? Well, that, that's the problem. You already have uh, one corner that's making $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. You've got a huge keeper on the other side in Jackson. How much are you going to pay your third corner? That's what they have to decide. And if he plays well, you're never going to be able to sign him because somebody's going to go out and pay him starter money. It could be a I'm not going to say it's an A.J. Bouye situation because he'd have to have a phenomenal year for that to happen. But if you play well and you're a reserve corner, there's going to be a team which is going to pay you at least like a second starter. <laughs> so if you were Darquez Denard's agent, would you even be listening to offers from the Bengals now, or would you say, Darquez, go out there, perform well, and you'll get paid a year from now? Oh, I'd listen to see what the offer was. So I'd at least have a baseline to know here's what they're thinking about me, knowing that it's probably going to have to knock my socks off to accept it, and I don't <laughs> think the Bengals are going to knock your socks off permission, uh, uh, position with Denard. He's Joel Corey of CBS Sports. Follow him on Twitter, at Corey Joel. Joel, I appreciate the time, especially on short notice. Uh, have a good day, my man. Thanks for coming on. Sure. Thanks for having me. That's Joel Corey. I caught up with him earlier today on ESPN 1530. The Dark West Denard thing. Look, if you're his agent and you're saying, hey, unless you get offered bank, you're going to just stay put, play through this, and go get paid like a number one or number two corner this offseason. Unfortunately, that's probably what they're looking at. Now, who knows? 
Maybe we are talking about that window and the Bengals look at it and say, hey, we're going to franchise Dark Quest for one year. I doubt that happens. I really doubt it. Who knows? Maybe the other thing is, is if Dre Kirkpatrick struggles, look, we've seen them cut George Iloka. We've seen them cut Brandon LaFell. Could they realistically cut Dre and then use that money and apply it to a contract extension for Dark Quest Denard? I could see that as well. So still some possibilities, even though I don't expect the Bengals to get an extension done with Dark Quest Denard before the season starts. And that's kind of their deadline, week one of the season. I don't think it happens. I don't think his agent will let it happen, which is probably smart based on what you just heard from Joel Corey, a former former sports agent now with CBS Sports. Up next, if you missed it, even though we aired it on ESPN 1530, I'm going to air it. Geno Atkins speak. So does Carlos Dunlap. It's their press conference for their extension. $110 million the Bengals committed to both of those guys. You'll hear them next on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't want to do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash dellemc. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win, and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go.
We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked on Bengals podcast. At noon today, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap got together, had a press conference. You never get to hear Geno Atkins. I thought Carlos Dunlap... Had some good points as well. So I said, what the hell? I'm going to air the whole thing here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Here's Gino. Here's Carlos earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium when they met with the media. Gino, 100 sacks out of a free technique. Man, that's, that's getting it done. Yeah, that would be pretty impressive. So, what, I mean, is it, is it important to you to be like you, the two of you? I mean, each of you guys, maybe a 100 sack guy, but uh, I mean, what's important to me is just trying to, you know, have a good season this year and, uh, you know, get to the playoffs and uh, try to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. When did you guys, did you guys know that both of you were coming close to coming to an agreement at the same time? Uh, I mean, I really didn't know. I mean, obviously, both sides were talking, but I didn't know that it was going to happen at the same time. So, I mean, it's a pretty cool surprise. Yeah, it was an unbelievable experience for me. Um, I woke up knowing that, you know, I, that there was rumors that Geno's was really close to being done, um, but I didn't know that we were going to be able to get mine done the same day, but I knew that they were going to shift the focus to, you know, trying to get mine done, and it worked out that we get it done the same day, and here we are. Now we get to just focus on football and focus on building it better, like Coach says, and getting to that Super Bowl and getting that first playoff win. All these things that the you know the city and us all want together. You know how much of this offseason did you think about wanting to get this done? To think about football was that something that was on your mind at all to try to put this in, in the rear view for you? Uh, I mean, not really on my mind. I'm honestly, I wanted to get something done. I wanted to kind of finish my career here, but obviously it was business as usual. You two were drafted the same year, had your extensions around the same time, both times. What has it meant to the two of you to have each other through this whole process the last, what, eight years? Uh, for me, it's been an unbelievable experience. I can't name too many, you know, uh, top-end rushers that have a dominant presence like Geno inside. Um, and just, you know, he don't say a lot, as you know, but he plays big. So um, he lets that speak for himself. You guys are both good examples of, in today's football, taking care of your body, you know, the massages. I mean, everything goes along. It takes a village to keep your body right, it seems like. And, uh, when did, when did both of you realize how important that was to prolong your career? Uh, just by uh, kind of going to the Pro Bowl, talking to some of the older guys that's actually uh, been able to do it at a consistent level and just kind of figuring it out, picking their brain a little bit on uh, what they do, what eating habits, uh, workouts, uh, sleeping habits, stuff like that, and just kind of applying it to my regiment. Yeah. You guys do stuff together. I mean, like D-line gets a lot of this stuff done together. Don't you do some stuff together that way? Some of us do you know, a variety of different things. Um, everybody has their own regimen. Uh, mine wasn't at the Pro Bowl my first year. Uh, mine was actually in the locker room, talking to the vets in the locker room who had 10 years or were pushing on 10 years. And I took bits and pieces from them, you know, communicating with them, talking to them about what they did or things that they do, things that worked out for them that they would recommend that I start early on in my career. And they were coincidentally the exact same things that Gino just mentioned. Gino, how do you approach taking plays or series off now as maybe you did compared to earlier in your career? Is that something you're more open to in the idea of, hey, about extending yourself uh, further into your career? Uh, it's, about, it's probably pretty much the same since college, honestly. Uh, I believe in like a firm rotation. I kind of go in there, play four or five, six snaps hard, get the next guy in, just coming in back in fresh. So that's how I approach it. Has that been a thing where you're particularly loving all these young guys in your room right now, whether you're talking about Ryan, I know you were spell you, and then Sam and Jordan and everybody that's been part of it. Have you, how much have you really embraced those guys coming up and helping you out in that way? Uh, I embraced them. Uh, like I said yesterday, it's kind of like a, a full circle moment. Honestly, I used to be those young guys kind of coming in and having uh, veterans like Domitar Pecco, Robert Gathers, Tank Johnson, kind of them helping me along the way, and now it's just kind of, come full circle, and now I'm doing the same thing by helping them. And, I mean, because, like I said, if I get him better or I get the other guys better, it's going to help me in, in the long run. It's going to help the team in the long run. So, I mean, if everybody gets better, the team wins. Have you ever thought about the Hall of Fame? 
Uh, not really, honestly. I take it year by year. I just kind of do my job and basically look forward to I look forward to this season, but do my job, and then when 2019 happens, look forward to it. Have you ever looked at where your numbers currently stack up? Has anybody ever showed that to you or ever seen? I've seen it, but, I mean, I don't pay much attention because all you can control is today, honestly. You can't start looking into the future. I mean, I mean, that's it. You're just looking. Honestly, I just kind of – Try to do my job and do do it good. What would your Hall of Fame speech sound like? I haven't thought about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> would you give a speech? Would I give a speech? Uh, only time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, in today's football, thirty years old is nothing. I mean, back in the day, thirty was like a line of demarcation. Now you got a forty-one-year-old quarterback in the Super Bowl making the Pro Bowl every year. I mean, when you guys look at the span of your career, do you even? Consider age or anything, or just how your body is? Uh, I don't really consider age, honestly. I mean, with today's uh, sports science and all that advancement of how to take care of your body and all the knowledge uh, that goes into like what we do now with modalities and all that, trying to keep you fresh for game day and keep you, uh, and with the training staff with the whole uh, cold tub, hot tub, Norma Tech, STEM, and all that, I think that really age isn't even a factor anymore. Honestly, I think guys can now extend their career uh, bearing any injuries till you know, 30-plus to, like, mid-30s, mid really. Cheeto, uh, do you, um, do any younger guys in the league play a position today? They have they reached out to you? Do you reach out to them? Do you talk to some of the younger guys? Uh, let's call Larry. Uh, from the Cleveland Browns, uh, he kind of came out there and worked out with me a little bit. And then some of the guys that work at uh, that work with uh, Chip Smith facility at CES Sports, uh, they say, hey, I see you on Instagram. I see the clips on Instagram. And they kind of want to come down and work out with me a little bit. You talked about ending your career in Cincinnati. Why is that so important to you as opposed to maybe testing the market, one of the top guys at your position, seeing what would be out there? I mean, they're the team that drafted me. I love it here. I love the city. I love the organization. and it's something to kind of submit my legacy here. And I think that's important to kind of finish uh, finish where I started. And I basically want to kind of, we got unfinished business, this whole team, me and Los, and trying to bring Super Bowl to Cincinnati. Absolutely. When you bull rush a guy like you did Ducast, you posterize a ton of guards, man, by just that bull rush move. Would they ever, like, say anything? you ever hear any weird sounds coming out of them or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing I kind of hear is more so is like, Damn, why are you bullying? Or not the bull again? Or you know, stuff like that. But uh, I mean, that's, that's 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 like my number one thing. Bull rush. That's your signature move, right? Yeah. You ever feel bad when you do that to somebody? Uh, I don't feel bad because I'm trying to do my job. They're trying to do their job. So I mean, it's what it is. Carlos, were you guys upstairs at the, the same time when you guys went up to sign? Did you guys pass each other in the hall? Were you? No, nah, um, I actually saw it on social media and, and through text messages that Gino signed and um, we were, were up there meeting with my agent pretty much right after that and it just happened to play out. What's your signature move, Carlos? I mean, what, what, what's your move that you can go to when you have to make a big play? Um, I mean, I feel like that would be giving away the, <laughs> the, whole, the whole toolbox, but um, my go-to, you know, I like to beat them with the speed on the outside, and there's a variety of ways that I like to do that. Um, but that would typically be my go-to. Um, but I have a bull rush, but it's not as impactful as my big fella right next to me. Uh, but uh, just having that variety, that full tool set of moves that you can use, because, you know, as you know, different uh, tackles set differently in the league, so different moves work better against them. So I, I like to study what's effective against them or what I do effectively. Or um, if it's game time, third down, game's on the line, then I know what to go to. I saw uh, you do it to Connor Williams the first snap in Dallas. Rookie guard Texas, you're going to show him what you got, you know, hospital show him first snap. I mean, when you're, when you're thinking about your individual game plan, do you, do you like study tape all his time and do it right away, or I'm going I'm to impose my will at this stage of the game, or is it just spontaneous? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, it could be a game plan thing where I watch film and I'm like, okay, he doesn't have a strong anchor, so I'm going to go start it off with the bull, or it could be I'm working a move. He might he might, uh, he might stop my first move, and then I just come back with a counter with the bull. So it, it all depends. What sort of ripple effect might yesterday's news have on 
potential free agents in the future in terms of considering this place as a place to come play? I think uh, with with this news coming out, you know, them securing guys who they drafted and are up for their second deals, securing him them here for a long haul uh, goes to you know, a true testament of how much of the family organization, the type of organization that we have here, the type of locker room we have here that we both would want to sign up and stay here. You know, despite what our last two seasons have been, we feel very encouraged about getting back to that top-notch football that we have and improving on that and, you know, getting to the Super Bowl is our goal. Super Bowl is our goal. We got the business side done. Now we can just focus on football and play that game that we loved playing since we were kids. What does it say to other free agents and maybe other organizations as well. That, you know, no holdouts, nothing. You know, some guys are still holding out. You know, it's, it's been long. It's been maybe a little, uh, you know, a little acrimonious. It seems like you guys just came, went to work, got deals done. I mean, what, what does that say to other players and other teams around the league? I mean, they take care of their own. I mean, honestly, uh, you do it the right way. Show up. You know, go to OTAs, training camp, do all the stuff. You know, don't make a big hoopla or, and talking to media about it. And I mean, honestly, they take care of their own. Yeah, majority of the time, if you if you keep it out of the media and don't go back and forth with the team and the media, um, you won't burn any bridges and you keep it in a positive light as we were both fortunate enough to do. Obviously, Gino was the silent assassin the whole time, but uh, we know Gino was, you know, easy, easy. It was like, a, it was no debatable. It was undebatable for Gino to get a deal, whether or not he deserved a deal here, because we've all seen the career that he's had. And fortunately for me, get to play with him and the AJ Greens, the Andy Daltons, the Carl Lawson's coming up, Tyler Eifert, Vontez Burford, all the guys that we have on this team. and continue to build it better because everybody's here for uh, a while and we got a good team and we got a lot of young talent that's secured under deals and and as you've seen in this preseason they're all showing flashes so just just go get it done when you have days like sunday and you see all this talent how far do you think the defensive line can go this year for me, um, seeing the rotation, like Gino talked about being fresh, um, late in the games, late in the playoffs, late in the season, that's going to be a true testament. If you have a guys like us who are experiencing and have that time to get after the quarterback going into the season feeling like it's day one, I feel like, and that, like you saw in the Super Bowl with what Philly was able to do, they had a strong rotation. Guys were constantly getting after the quarterback. They, they pretty much wrecked the game as a defensive line, and we feel like we have that same ability with what we got here and the mixed combination of the older guys here, me, Mike, Gino, um, and, you know, Billing stepping up, and then we got the young guys that are coming in too. Sam Hubbard, the local hero, uh, Carl Lawson, uh, Jordan Willis, uh, Ryan Glasgow. Uh, you just keep, you can just keep on going. What, what point in your careers did you guys realize you could be dominant? I mean, did you realize it yourselves? Did from other people? When did you say, man, if I, if I work my tail off, man, I could be, be really good? Uh, I can't say there was no... No epiphany? Yeah, no breaking point. Um, more so f for me personally, I'm, I'm not going to speak for him. Uh, I just had these goals, and I was constantly working on these goals, and my goals were typically the furthest ones away because I feel like if I reach for those and work towards those, all the other ones will fall in line along the way. And as you know, getting that career sack record here was one of them. Getting that um, sack record of the NFL is one of them. And, you know, that career sack record of the NFL is one of them. You know, and as you said, it would take more than 100 for us to move up that list because right now me and Gino are on the list, but uh, we, get, we got a lot of people to surpass before we can get in that top 10, which we were left. You know right away you kind of kick some tail or? Uh, I mean, this was, uh, it was a process, but uh, honestly, uh, I want to say after my first year and then me kind of going back, because uh, I think my first year, they didn't really think I could play the run a little bit, and then my second year, I kind of worked on that a little bit, and then I got my uh, got my shot my second year, where I ended up being a starter, and I played the first game, and I kind of felt like, okay, I can be a three-down guy. So. Gino, was anybody you watch on Gino, was anybody you watch on tape, anybody I watch uh, a lot of guys, seeing what they're doing. So anywhere from Mike Daniels, Jerry McCoy, Sue, Aaron Donald, 
uh, Kawan Short, just various guys to see what they're doing, see what technique, or if they go against somebody that I might be playing, see what moves they did that worked and try to apply it to my game. Yeah, you have a favorite? Uh, no favorite. I'm a fan of everybody, honestly. I mean, I like to see a big man work and win. So. Well, you're a, supposedly you're a small man, supposedly, in your position, but it doesn't see you and Donald. I mean, I think the trend is more so 6'1", 6'2". Why, well, why is that? Uh, I think more so leverage, short, stocky, strong guys, and I think uh, also just uh, we got the leverage and strength and power, honestly, like me, Aaron Donald, Jared uh, Grady, uh, Quant shorts probably a little some taller. Say made, uh, some say you made Donald a first round pick. Uh, I mean, I think if you look at his Pittsburgh film, honestly, uh, he was an amazing talent from, from the get go. John Randall. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Look at, you look at guys, but not even you know, some of the older guys. Yeah, when Jay was here, uh, Jay Hayes, he used to kind of show clips of the uh, older guys and back in his uh, generation and stuff like that. He used to watch some clips. Right. Yeah, you're not a small man. You're maybe not tall, but you're yeah. not far from a small man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Jim, you're. You're a husband now. You're going to be a dad. Does that make this different than maybe the first contract that you signed? This is a, a kind of a bigger deal when you maybe you look at life differently even a little bit now. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a blessing. Honestly, I got you know uh, to secure this contract, and now honestly, it's just icing on. Really, that was just icing on the cake. Honestly, the, the blessing was having being able to uh, me and my wife. Being uh, my wife being pregnant, and now signing the contract is just kind of icing on the cake. And now, uh, you know, being blessed to have a, either a boy or girl, I mean, it's amazing. Are you going to find out or are you going to wait for We'll probably find out sometime in the next couple of weeks what, what, what the sex it is. What's your dad think? I mean, he played in the league a few years back and seeing the money that's being made now. What's your, what's your dad think about it? I mean, he's happy for me. He played 10 years in the league, honestly. He's, uh, I mean, Says it's a blessing, and I mean, honestly, he says keep doing your thing. Are you guys able to wrap your brain around $110 million on your combined contracts? Is that even a number that even no, makes sense? I mean, we got, we got, we got to, well, one, we got to get there first. I mean, yeah. so we got to get and, them, what, five years? Yeah, uh, four it is It is a yearly renewal in the NFL, as we all know. But uh, for me personally, we don't look at the, the, the total number. We look at the business being done, so now we can focus on football and um, winning that Super Bowl for this city and this organization. Everybody will win, and we'll win again. So uh, that's our main focus. We just basically can, you, you know, cut the chains off of here. You know, something that may be dragging you, even though you try not to think about it, it's there. Because at the end of the day, you don't know. It's a question mark. But now you just get to focus on simply football and finding a way to do something better or help a young guy get better so that we can all put it all together. And that's what it's going to take for us to win. And we have that opportunity here because the talent's on the roster, but we just got to put it together the right way. And you see the, the coaches are committed to doing so, as you saw with the changes and as you see with what's going on. Um, around this organization this year and, and, and how the young guys are responding, how everybody's responding. Um, we're going to get after it. It's going to be a special season. Has the organization or coaches said, you know, with this agreement comes an increased responsibility? Or are they like, you guys are already doing everything. You're setting great examples. Let's just roll. Let's just keep keep working the way you're working. Nose to the grindstone the way you've always done it. Uh, business as usual, honestly. I mean, I think me, Los, Mike have done a good job with the D-line. Honestly, I think uh, they've done a good job of kind of showing them the ropes and kind of teaching them. You see it out there on the field, Lawson with uh, Willis, uh, Sam, Glass. Uh, I think two posts coming along, too. So I think we're doing a good job Billings. with leading the D-line. And then next, the defense, trying to get the, everybody just running on all cylinders going. Talk to you the guys in this town who have signed big contracts for Bengals or Reds. Most of them said it's not necessarily the money. It's kind of what the money represents. In other words, I'm getting paid this. That shows a level of respect for what I've accomplished. So along those lines, what, what do these contracts mean to you guys personally beyond the money? Uh, I mean, personally for us, you know, having the goal, having a daily plan, having uh, – you know, team goals, personal goals, all of those things, you know, put everything else in line. You know, my personal goals, uh, you know, having that rookie sack record, having, you know, the team single season record, uh, career, sing ah, career uh, season record, um, 
all these goals just make everything fall in line. The market value is what the market value is. You know, the NFL's going to be an international sport. And as you see, the cap keeps going up because of it. Um, everybody talks about, you know, soccer taking over the world, but uh, I think America's game and soon to be international game will be football once once they have a better understanding, even though we all enjoy watching a good football game too. Over the last six months where you guys were, or your agents were negotiating, was there ever a doubt in your mind that, I mean, was it always a matter of when this happens as opposed to if? Uh, I don't think there was any doubt. I think uh, both sides wanted to get the deal done. It was just more, more uh, just kind of just uh, being patient and just kind of just, you know, just keeping it business as usual, honestly. I mean, it was no, I, I really didn't have any doubt. I thought we were always going to get something done. You guys are teammates, but I mean, there's still a competition there to try to get to the quarterback first. Was there any friendly competition to see who got the deal done first? Uh, not really, no. No, we both wanted to be here. Um, and we both wanted to do whatever it took to stay here and continue to do what we do. Our competition is on the field, um, you know, because it's it's better for everyone. You know, me and him competing to get back to the quarterback is going to. We're not competing. No. You're a DN, I'm a D-tackle. It's going to challenge we're not competing. Carl Lawson, Mike Johnson, whomever, you know. Just everybody wants to get back there and pressure that quarterback for our team. Are you surprised they kept you both? No, nah, honestly, we both. We uh, what, four years ago, five years ago, we signed. So I mean, they signed us both. So not really. See, I mean, it's just so much money. You get AJ hanging out there and Dalton with 110 mil. I don't know if that ever crushed. We got some. We got the pieces that we need, and uh, Cincinnati believes in us being a part of that core, and they kept us here for years to come, and we're thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, Gino, what do you think about Billings? We talked about Billings a little bit. Uh, we, uh, he seems to be a virgin. Uh, he's kind of a different, I don't think you've ever played with kind of a guy like that, have you? I mean, I think he's coming along great. I think he's understanding the game a lot better. I think the speed's slowing down. I think uh, I think he's kind of – Bernie's doing a great job of kind of develop, developing him and uh, being actually, you know, a good run stopper but also as well as a pass rusher. And I think that's going to help the defense a lot as far as the D-line and the defense as far as having a big man being able to kind of get there and cause pressure or get sacks like that where well, you got me, Losk, uh, Mike out there or whoever. But having this kind of four guys that consistently get after the passer and stop the run. You know, what about uh, Paul's question about you know the money is one thing, but the respect. What, what, what's your take on that? What do you think about does this show you know respect to Geno Atkins for getting this deal done? Uh, I mean, I think I already had the respect. Honestly, I go out there and play. I think a lot of guys respect me and, and the work that I put out there. I think that was already out there. I just think the getting the contract is just a bonus, honestly. Carlos, you talked about some personal goals. Do you think as a unit you guys can reach that kind of plateau of 50, that gold number? Absolutely. Um, we've, we have the talent on the roster. And, you know, for years to come, I think it's going to be an amazing race. Every third down, every opportunity. You see how those young guys are going. They're setting the tempo fast and early for what they for what they want to do and their personal goals, and as well as our team goals. I think everyone's in line with that team goal of you know winning that Super Bowl. How did you goals, celebrate? Gino? Is that any goals, Gino? Hundred sacks, Hall of Fame, anything, anything you shoot for? Win the Super Bowl, honestly. That's my one goal right now. Win the Super Bowl and do my job to the best of uh, my ability. AJ says he wants to play until he's 36. Do you guys have any goals as to how long you want to play or an age, maybe? My goal is the Super Bowl, and then we'll take it from there. You know, however long it takes to win that, and however long I continue to perform at a high level. Um, right now, like he said, investing in ourselves and taking care of our body has extended that career because when I first came in, uh, I, I was aware of the average was three to five years. Um, so that's why I was trying to figure out how can I extend that? How can I set myself up for, you know, generational wealth? Uh, as, you know, for Gino, he was fortunate to have his father and the guys at the Pro Bowl kind of kind of give him tips and, and make that his own trade. And we've been fortunate enough to both stay pretty healthy here for our careers, and we want to keep it that way and, and do whatever it takes to help this team get that big thing, and that's that Super Bowl. It can be, um, but the Bengals have, you know, 
made a lot of changes here, and they've added it into their regimen here at the stadium. So they've improved a lot of things here for us. You know, uh, the new the new uh, kitchen and the facility that we have there, as you know, um, the new weight room. Uh, like he said, all the modalities that we do uh, before the game, two days before the game, all of these things, the stuff, the new equipment that they got in the training room, hot tub, cold tub, all the stuff that you see me use and post on social media, um, those are real regimens. Those are things that are inexpensive because the Bengals have provided them for everyone. So you can you can do what James do on the high end, spend that much money, you know, which is typically because you're flying everybody in because they're guys that, you know, at their training facility or something like that that you enjoy working with, that relationship with. But there's there's a full slew of things that the Bengals have here that can prolong your career and, and you can utilize them for free. You know, we, we've all tried to describe the way you play the game. How would you describe the way you play the game? Uh, honestly, uh, I try to be fundamentally sound. That's how, that's how I would describe it. Try to just do everything, take the right footsteps, hand placement, uh, be in my pass first lane, stay in my gap, just try to do everything. I mean, that's what uh, uh, coaches at Georgia, when Zimmer was here, that's what he, that's what he preached, Pauly, and now TA. It's kind of just trying to do my job, but do it do it to the best of my ability. So it's technique as much as anything else? Technique, and I mean, honestly, just having that drive to kind of go out there and be the best you can. Your signature is the bull rush. Is, is there anybody you talked to or watched that you perfected in the last couple of years? Is there any... Um, I mean, I just think really a bull rush is more so, you know, my will against your will, honestly. I mean, I mean, but you do other stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I can do other stuff. I mean, I do other stuff, but I mean, the bull just kind of helps solidify and kind of gets them thinking a little bit. Like, am I going to go back with, am I going to hit them with another power or am I going to do speed? So it kind of gets them guessing a little bit, so. Uh, I mean, I think I'm pretty strong. I'm, I don't think I'm the strongest guy out there, but I think, you know, with the speed, with my speed, quickness, and strength all combined, I think, you know, I can get a lot of guys moving. You mentioned that the drive that you have. Was there ever a time in either of your careers that you had to kind of fight through that and keep that drive? I mean, because I know how much of a grind season can be and the years can be. Do you ever feel that way? Uh, for me, no. Honestly, you go out there on Sundays, you got the next guy trying to kick your ass. So, I mean, honestly, I got to bring my A game because I go there half-stepping. I mean, that's a, that's a knock on somebody being like, hey, I just got I just got the best of Geno Atkins. So, I mean, I try to go out there and, you know, perform the best. You ain't gonna, you're not going to win every time, but honestly, I try to go out there and do my best. That's something that uh, Anthony Munoz, you know, 12 straight pro bowls, you know, he realized that everybody was trying to put an option in their belt by showing tape beating Anthony Munoz. You guys feel that way, that there's always somebody trying to put a notch in their belt and you got to bring it every snap so they don't? I mean, I feel like that. I mean, I feel like, you know, we're competing. They want to do their job to the best of their ability. I want to do my job. But I feel like, you know, a lot of guys, you know, just like when you see a team or, like, I guess everybody's circling the Eagles when they, when they play the Eagles, like, hey, they're trying to beat the Super Bowl champs. But I just think that, you know, when you're going up against a good quarterback, you want to sack You want to sack him. You want to be like, hey, I was able to sack Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. So I think every guy probably has, you know, try to either circle somebody or it's like, I, I want to beat this guy. We're feeling like we have to cut these guys loose pretty soon, so let's just do a couple more. Um, I know we talked a lot about goals and desires for you guys this season. Gino, any goals as far as talking to the media this year? What, what kind of numbers are you talking about? I mean, I, mean, I think today today's a good day. So I'm sorry. <laughs> One and done. I think getting him up here was a big step for himself, and I feel like I feel like what he did today and everything he said today pretty much gives you enough for the season. <laughs> yeah, he did a he did an amazing job. Um, Honestly, I think we got, let's see, 66 other guys that have interesting stories that y'all don't even, you know, some, some of y'all don't even talk to. So I think, you know, I think y'all should explore that, honestly. I mean, plus, I mean, I'm not that interesting to talk to, so. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's, there's some stuff out there. That's Gino Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. Uh, I thought that Gino was pretty funny.
during this press conference. The other thing that stood out was Carlos Dunlap's praise of the facilities. You know, the, the question was phrased as, oh, James Harrison spends all this money. And Carlos was like, yeah, you can do that. Or you can use this state-of-the-art weight training facility that we have, this workout facility, which, by the way, I would love to get a workout in at that facility. That is one of my goals, covering the Bengals. I work out every freaking day almost. And I love the gym I go to, and that's fine. But how cool would it be to be able to work out with, uh, not even with, but where the Bengals work out? That's something I'm going to try to make happen at some point, pull some strings maybe during the offseason and see if that'll work and I could get that in. But ultimately, um, praising the facilities. I put a question up on Twitter today, at James Erpine, about the, the, the Bengals and whether or not they were cheap. I say they're not cheap. You can't be cheap and spend $110 million on two players. It makes zero sense. It, and it, there's more to it than that. I have a feeling I, I will be talking about that poll question more. I left it open for seven days so you can vote at James Rapine, also at Locked on Bengals. Thank you guys for listening today. We'll be back at it tomorrow to discuss actual football preseason, who to watch for, who to not watch for. And uh, I'll be at the game thursday night so i'll be tweeting that as well you can subscribe on itunes google play spotify stitcher the iHeartRadio app and wherever you get your podcast if you missed tuesday we had two podcasts it's a two podcast tuesday and uh so yeah check out both of those until tomorrow i'm james erpine thank you so much for listening to the locked on bengals podcast did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.